Welcome into NSN Daily with Julian Delgadio. I'm Alex Margulies, brought to you by the Dolan Auto Group. Brian Smudio has the next couple of days off. And uh, as always, coming in on a Monday, a lot to talk about. Yeah. Not, not a good weekend, though, for, mm -hmm. for, for Reno teams, I have to say. A lot of L's, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, you know, life does have to move on. You, you don't win them all, as they say, right? Reno 1868 falls in the playoffs of Sacramento. Uh, Nevada football, a tough game uh, at Wyoming. But a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, too. Um, a special edition of Murray's Mailbag that he actually is not aware of. We have a couple questions that Monday uh, that are going to be addressed because I'm not going to be here Wednesday. Uh, so some some very uh, pressing matters uh, when it comes to uh, Julian still has a beef with me basically that I have a I gave myself the nickname Big Honu. You know I I have to say I, I don't have a beef with the fact that you're named Big do, Honu. Actually. Not that like you know people call you Big Honu or you know, I call you Big Honu every so often you know. Uh, but I, you? I was just saying that. Since he gave himself a nickname, I think it's, you know, fair to give myself a new title at Nevada Sportsnet, which is Nevada Sportsnet's Minister of Culture. And, you know, as, as the culture. reigning Minister of Culture here and the only and first ever at Nevada Sportsnet, I have to say that uh, just I'm so happy everyone's here and alive and well and, and doing good. And, okay. you know, maybe we can play some video games after this or something, really boost morale. I'm going to cut you off right here. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, we'll bring Chris in and let Chris weigh in. I'm actually going to think, put, put this onto a poll, and we'll, we're going to let the viewers decide if Julian can give himself a new title uh, at NSN. It's not going to be official because the company's not going to recognize this ridiculous title, but I, I am willing to give him kind of a title if, if and only you, the viewers, are in agreement. I need a win. And not speaking of, of wins way. and viewers, we have a really exciting announcement today. Yes, How about NSN Daily now available as a podcast starting today? on just about everywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Uh, there's a couple other ones I've never even heard of. Uh, you can find all of them at nevadasportsnet.com. Um, you know, we felt like we do this show five days a week. Uh, people can hear it on the radio and ESPN at 3 o'clock. You can watch this at 4, 7, and 10 here on Nevada Sportsnet. But there's a lot of people, whether you're in the car, whether you fly a lot, uh, that you podcast, live state, you even, live in a different you know? state, you don't get access mm -hmm. to uh, our radio show. This is an opportunity to get content to everybody, and we're excited to roll this out. We'll have our show available Monday through Friday, uh, maybe even some bonus content as time goes on, as the, uh, the Minister of Culture maybe has his own See, sticks. separate uh, podcast segment, whatever uh, topics he wants to talk about, but uh, this should be fun, Julian. No, I'm really excited about this. I think this also just opens the door. You know, before we even had Nevada Sportsnet and NSN Daily, we were doing an hour-long radio show on ESPN once a week on Fridays, and, you know, just to be able to start exploring podcasts and just the ability that you have creatively to start telling stories in that respect, and, uh, you know, there's so many more doors that open now that we have a podcast and, and are starting an NSN Daily podcast, so I'm just excited to see where this grows and what we can do with it. So as of right now again Monday through Friday shows will be available on all of those platforms and then again as time goes on we're going to add some bonus content um, maybe it's an interview and you get to hear the entire thing we'll, we'll put that on there we'll do some game breakdowns we'll just have some fun maybe we talk have some movies fun. talk some movies Mr. Culture loves movies speaking of movies we have a, a movie topic later that we're going to need Chris's uh, opinion to weigh in but now that's all said go download the podcast check it out mm -hmm. Julian you're in Wyoming this weekend it was a short trip it was quick. Uh, I guess it was good that it was a quick trip. That was uh, another tough game to watch. Nevada right now, man, they've been bit by the injury bug, and it just doesn't stop. They lost uh, Caleb Meter uh, in that game to a what, dislocated elbow. Yeah, it um, looked really It's gruesome. just right now this team can't stay healthy. 
and and they're they're struggling to to compete in the Mountain West. And this is not what uh, I think this team expected from themselves. It's not what the coaching staff expected. But here we are, uh, and Nevada now drops a four and four, and, and they're going to have to try and pick up the pieces. You know, I, I think about this game. You have to look at the Utah State game. You know, Nevada came into this when there were a lot of things that they wanted to clean up. You know, they had against the Aggies, they had nine. Or, I'm sorry, 13 penalties for 110 yards. They only converted on four third downs, and you were expecting to see just improvement, to say the least, on, on all of those things. And and you really did see that against Wyoming, but the problem with this game was it, it just, they got hit in the mouth so early. You know, they got the ball, three and out. Wyoming, first play from scrimmage, that's a touchdown. Nevada goes back out on offense, another three and out, and from there it just felt like they were playing catch-up. And Wyoming was predominantly a run heavy team, but it seemed like they were airing the ball out a little bit more than Nevada was expecting them to, I think, in this matchup, and it really caught them off guard, and they were playing catch-up really early on, and from there, the Cowboys just kind of ran away with it, and uh, Nevada, three more points. Brandon Talton doing his thing for this football team, but there's really a lot of injuries plaguing this roster, and I think that they're going to get some guys back. Coach Norvell was talking about Daniel Brown potentially being back in the lineup this upcoming game against New Mexico, but at this point of the season, I think Nevada just really needs to had some help from from the offensive line guys need to really step up as leaders and you know give their quarterback a little bit more time in the pocket to either make passes or open up some lanes for the running back and i think that until that really can happen nevada's going to be in some trouble so the wolfpack fall to four and four good news for them after two road losses they get to come home they get to come home this weekend and they're going to play a new mexico team that's very beatable you're talking about a lobos team that's two and six they have not won a game in conference so if you're nevada you got to come home and win this football game uh and, and try and get back to a position where I, I think at this point at least this year you want to finish six and six you beat new mexico you win the cannon back from unlv and, and you just you you just chalk the season up as one that was marred with injuries uh it was a growing season with a lot of young players uh taking taking their their uh their experience to another level and you hope that next year becomes a year to kind of take that next next step but right now it's not looking like this football team is is in very good shape. Coming up next year on NSN Daily, we will go out to Jay Norvell's press conference, which is held every week on a Monday. We'll get his thoughts on this weekend's game and preview more of New Mexico. Plus, Chris Murray will join us a little bit later on. Be right back. All right, back here on NSN Daily. Let's go out to campus. Jay Norvell has his weekly press conference. Let's take it. Guys that have some injuries, playing with some backups, um, you know, we got to build on on you know the effort that we're getting from those kids. You know, offensively, you know, I'm I'm just gonna take the bullet on that whole thing. Uh, we can play better offensively. Um, we have to play uh, with more continuity and um, and more chemistry, and um, and we will. I'm very very confident that we will. Carson did some really good things in the game. Romeo played extremely hard. We're not playing very well up front, and that's our, that's where it all starts. And we got to do better with our communication, and um, and we'll get that squared away. I'm very confident that we will. Um, you know, we're excited this week. We play New Mexico. We get a chance to come back home, get some home cooking after being gone for a couple of weeks. You know, offensively, they're a very balanced team. Um, they like to run the football. They've had two quarterbacks, but now they've settled on one. One's been suspended, and um, he's a transfer kid. He's very athletic. He's very capable of throwing the ball. 
So we're going to have to do a great job on him. Defensively, they've been better, much better against the run than they have the pass. Um, you know, they play odd, they play over, they play under combination fronts. Big physical kids up front. Um, you know, they, they've got an excellent linebacker in, in Jacoby Hearn uh, and a safety, Jarek Reed, who, who are good football players. Um, you know, overall, where we're at, um, we're excited to be coming back home. Uh, you know, this is the ninth game of the season. And our whole goal as a football team is to improve and get better. And, and that's one thing that I was disappointed about the last two weeks is that we need to show improvement. We need to show um, that we're, we're getting better in areas that were, that were weaknesses. We were much better in the penalty department last week. We were much better on third down. We were 50% on third down. And so we have to grow with that, protect the football, and play to our strengths. You know, if you look at the last two years, uh, our first year, we finished strong in the last four games. Um, last year, we were 4-4 four and four at this time last year. And we finished up the last three games. We were 3-1. and one. And I don't know what our record is, and I don't have a crystal ball as far as what it's going to be, but I know we need to improve. And, and, um, and that's what we're going back to do as coaches. It's our job to put them in a good spot, good situation, and it's our kids' job to do what we ask them to do as coaches. And as long as we do that, uh, we have a chance. We've got a bunch of really good seniors that are playing their last four games in the regular season. Uh, it'll be the second to last time they're in Mackey, and uh, we want them to go out on a high note. So a lot of great things to look forward to. Uh, we had an excellent practice this morning, and we're excited about preparing the rest of the week for New Mexico. Four and four, just like last year. How similar or different is this four and four feeling and feel versus last year? Yeah, I mean, we got some we got some kids beat up. I mean, we got some injuries, and you know that's never an excuse, but it's the reality of what we we have. You know, we had a little bit more experience in some positions last year than we have this year, and so we we've we've had to go through the the growing pains and the lack of confidence of playing on the road, but we've got to continue to press and build on what they've learned. And, and try to minimize some of our weaknesses. And, and that's what we got to do now. We just got to play with some tempo and urgency, um, protect the football, and, and, and attack our snaps confidently. I think that's the biggest thing. And so, you know, we're, we got a plan on how to do that. Um, we got a really good plan how to attack this team. And so we're, we're excited to get a chance to compete again. When you look at the offensive struggles, I mean, you said you would take the whole bullet on the thing. What what is the biggest thing holding you guys back from being a better offensive team? I just think I just think we've got to get it across to our kids to get what we want out of them, and uh, um, you know, and and for one one reason or another, that hasn't gotten done. I have some pretty good ideas on how that needs to happen, and so we're just going to do it that way. And 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 you know, football's not complicated. Uh, you know, we put a plan together for the players, and the players' job is to do what we ask them to do and do it as hard as they can. And we haven't been getting that, you know, the last few weeks. And so we need continuity, we need tempo, um, and we need execution. And so, um, you know, we're just going to have to go about getting that from them. And, and so it's my job to make sure that that all happens uh, on both sides of the ball. And so we'll, we'll just attack it. Uh, maybe in a little different way, uh, but but with the same end in mind.
gone through, I mean, you've been an offensive coach most of your career. Is it more frustrating because you do spend a lot of time there? It, it's, it's frustrating to watch us play the way we've played the last couple of weeks because I know we're capable of playing much better. And, and we have some good playmakers. You know, we're not playing very good up front right now. And that's, we have to be realistic and we have to do what our offensive line can do. And so that's where it starts. And, uh, and then, you know, then Carson has to come play suit with that. And he has to complement the things that we can do up front. And then the backs got to do their job and the receivers got to step up and do their job. So there's no magic to it. Um, there really isn't. It's just making everybody uh, work together and having continuity. And, and uh, you know, we need a sense of urgency. We got to go. It's, it's, it's a critical time of year. This is uh, the time where the cream starts rising to the top and uh, the better teams improve. And, and, you know, we take a lot of pride in improving as the season goes along. And, and I'm disappointed that we hadn't shown that the last two weeks. So we, we've got we've to get in the right lane and make sure that we're doing things the right way. Before the season started, you, you said this is the most talented quarterback room you had. That position is not played very well. Um, how much of the offensive struggles are on how the quarterback position is played and surrounding cast? I think, I think that uh, that position, uh, you know, we've had some inconsistencies in playing different guys. You know, I think that's, that's settling down now. Um, it's a combination of, of our offensive line play and our quarterback position. Um, you know, part of the problem is with a young player, with young players, you have to play within a time clock and get the ball gone. And at times we hadn't done that very good at quarterback. And the weaknesses we've had up front have really shown. So it's a combination of the two positions. Um, you know, I think Carson will continue to improve every week that he plays. Um, he did a lot of good things in this game. A lot of things we can build on. And so... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to improve uh, at that position. And, you know, the big thing that I want, I want Carson to feel patient and be able to play with poise and, and do that consistently. And, you know, he's, he's been a little anxious at times. He's gotten under pressure at times and, uh, and hasn't played that way. And so, um, you know, we got to get him into a place where he's confident and he's comfortable and he's, and he's checking the ball down. And so, and, and, you know, we've got four games left to show improvement in that area. Jumped out to a quick start against San Jose State, eventually translated to win. Just how important is it to get out to a quick start on offense? It's important. And, and, and uh, you know, the, the, the reason that we haven't done that are, are all – it's all self-inflicted, you know, and that's the, that's the part that's frustrating for me because uh, there are mistakes that, that should not be made. And uh, so that that's something that's got to get corrected and I got to correct it and make sure that that we're playing with more consistency, consistency and more efficiency. And so, you know, we'll make some adjustments in that regard um, and make sure we get off to a good start. But it is important that we get off to a good start because, you know, it's important for our confidence, you know, for our units and. You know the defense is hanging in there. We've got to we got to put points on the board to get them to continue to believe that we're going to be able to get over the hump. And so, um, you know, it's the eighth game of the season. You know, the other thing we're looking at is, 
you know, we, we have a, a rule that allows our freshmen to play four games. You know, we're going to really look hard at some of our younger kids that can help us, especially on special teams with all the injuries that we have. Um, we can certainly use a couple of kids in some key positions, covering kicks, um, maybe in the secondary. Um, you know, we have some awfully good young players that uh, haven't played to this point that we can play a little bit and give them some experience here at the end of the year. Coach, you've mentioned focus and accountability uh, offensively with those struggles. Is that something you can iron out in a week of practice, or is it just multiple repetitions over a long period? No, it's 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 just accountability, and it's it's making sure that we're getting what we want as coaches. And you know, we have a lot of moving pieces in there, and a lot of young players, and and um, you know, and some of those kids are struggling a little bit, and they're not playing as well as we'd like them to. Um, and we've got to keep coaching them. That's our job. And, and we got to do things that they can do well, that they know how to do. And if that means simplifying some things, well, then we have to do that. And, uh, and we got to lean on our good players. I mean, that's, that's really important right now. You know, when you're not playing at a high level, obviously your good players got to step up and, and do what they do best. Um, but we've got to do a good job as coaches of making sure they understand exactly what we want out of them and then make sure we get it. You know, it's really that simple. And, um, you know, we haven't done a good job of that the last couple of weeks, and we need to do better. I believe there are three games this season where you guys haven't scored a touchdown. Is play calling an issue, or kind of how do you attribute? I, I just think it's offensive execution. I really do. I don't think there's any magic to it. And, um, it's a combination of us as coaches uh, making exactly what we want clear and, and then getting the players to do it. And so I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more of that than anything. And so we'll, we'll, we'll really look, look at what we've done and how we're doing it, and then we'll really dial in to make sure that we get what we want, especially in our situational football. I think in the four losses. All right, another – Kind of tell the truth Monday from head coach Jay Norvell. Uh, your Monday update brought to you by NDI Plumbing. Um, lots of breakdown from this over the next couple days. Julian will also get uh, Carson Strong and Quentin Conaway. Uh, you can hear those interviews today if you'd like on our website, uh, NevadaSportsNet.com. We'll also have some of their uh, sound running our show on Tuesday. I mean, tell the truth Monday, right? They have one touchdown through eight quarters of play. And I think about just them trying to start faster against Wyoming, right? You go through the first three drives that this football team has. First drive, three plays for minus eight yards. They get the ball back after that touchdown that Wyoming scores on the first play. Three more plays for a total of six yards. And then three more plays on their next drive for a total of one yard. Mm -hmm. So you get three different series going here. Nine plays for a total of negative one yard in total offense. And they finally scored with their fourth drive. There's two minutes and 21 seconds left in the first quarter. And you're just, you know, you're not going to win very many football games putting up three points and just eating so much clock up without moving the ball. And I know that Coach Norvell was talking about, you know, that it all starts up front. It all starts with the offensive line. And there are injuries to the offensive line. There's also a lot of inexperience. I mean, you lose Austin Corbett in the offseason. You lose their only senior lineman early on this year. And, you know, from there, it's just kind of like, how do you generate an offense mm -hmm. moving forward? And I don't think that there's really one clear-cut easy answer for this football team at this stage of the game. But something's got to give. And I think that, uh, you know, New Mexico is going to be a very telling sign whether or not this offense could really just start faster. You yeah. know, get, get some momentum. both gets, sides, though, because, you, I mean, you're, you're, you're laying it all on the offense. But yeah. The defense goes out and gives up two touchdowns mm -hmm. on the first two possessions. 
So it's both. I mean, you're going out there and both sides are just not performing well. And look, again, there's injuries. There are people that are, that are inexperienced and not performing well. And as Coach Norvell said, and I think this is the right approach, you, you have to just go back and go, all right, we just need to get better. We need to teach these kids to get better. We need to take this one day at a time. And we might win one or two more games this year if, if we're lucky. We might not win any. We might win four, whatever it is. But we just have to get better as a team. We have to get continuity, and I think that means Carson Strong. You stick with Carson Strong for the rest of the season, and you continue to try and tinker with your play calling and your offensive style to suit what you've got. And, and they're going to have to continue to try and do that in order to figure out ways to win football games. But to your point, I mean, what they're doing right now is just isn't working, and they're just going to have to keep trying and, and see – if it, it sounds like Coach Norbell is excited about whatever his game plan is against New Mexico, and we'll see if that works and, and produces you know, better results all around the board. All right, coming up next year on Edison Daily, go back out to campus. Chris Murray will join us. We'll talk some football and some topics. We got some topics. topics. We got topics. We got some topics for Chris Murray. All right, that's next. All right, back here on NSN Daily. Let's go back out to campus. Chris Murray just finished up the Wolfpack press conference. We'll get to that in a minute, Chris. But we announced earlier in the show, NSN Daily available now as a podcast. Where will you be downloading NSN Daily as a podcast? Are, are you a, a, a Stitcher guy? Are you an Apple podcast? Like, where are we going here? Uh, I don't know that I'll be downloading it because I'm usually on this show, so I'm not sure that I need to, to listen to it again, but probably <laughs> Apple would be my, my uh, streaming device of choice. Come on, Chris. If you have to make a long drive down to Minden, it would be the perfect thing. <laughs> you get a full you get to recap you know, 40-ish it, you know. minutes of content. You can even listen to the whole week if you, know, if you want to take a road trip no, or something. I, I think it's a uh, yeah, no, it's a great development. I'm really happy about it. I'm just saying I'm literally, I think I'm on the show like 95% of the time, so I don't know that we need to re-listen to what I said. But, um, no, I think it is really cool because I've had, you know, certainly I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, why can't we listen to this, you know, via podcast? And, uh, you know, after the hard work that you've put in, now uh, fans will be able to do that. So, uh, you know, I think it'll be great. We obviously have a ton of great content, a, kind of, a ton of great guests who come onto the show and, uh, you know, making it a little bit easier for, you know, uh, readers, listeners, uh, people who watch the show. Uh, to be able to get our content. I think it's a, a great development. Uh, Chris doesn't like to listen to himself quite as much as you do, Julian, I think is what we're, oh, we're wow. gathering. Well, first of all, you know, as Minister of Culture, I have to no, say let's that there's... No, uh, hold on a second, hold on a second. <laughs> we're, we'll get to that when, we'll get to that in a second. We'll talk some football first, Chris, because uh, th this was another rough weekend uh, for the team. It was, we said it's another kind of tell the truth Monday for Coach Norvell, and, and, you know, he seems to have a good game plan of how to kind of help his team through uh, what has been some uh, kind of some growing pains here this year, what was just your assessment of, of just the whole press conference today? Well, I thought it was really interesting that a lot of the discussion was about how Nevada was four and four at this point last season, and it's four and four in this point this season. I just feel like it feels way different yeah. because Nevada was coming off close losses to Boise State, close losses to Fresno State. Both of those teams ended the season in the top 25. Nevada was really competitive in both of those games. That just has not been the case this year. When Nevada's lost, they've lost uh, by a pretty healthy margin, and I don't think they're losing to the best teams in the Mountain West. You saw Hawaii uh, come in here and win 40, uh, 54 to three, and then they go and lose their next two games. Uh, you see Utah State put a 26 point win uh, on top of Nevada last week, and then they get thumped by Air Force this week. So they're kind of losing lopsidedly to 
you know, they're good teams, but they're not the best teams in the Mountain West. These are not the Boise States, the Air Forces, the San Diego State. So uh, it is a different feel for me. Uh, and, and can Nevada turn its season around? Can it close strong like it did last season? Um, you know, th there are a couple of really winnable games against New Mexico and UNLV at home. Neither of those teams has actually even won a conference game this season. So they should be able to get to six wins. Um, but can they go on the road and beat a San Diego State or a Fresno State? The offense has to get a lot better. And, and it starts with the offensive line and the quarterback play. If those two things don't improve, Nevada's not going to beat, uh, you know, the middle tier of the Mountain West, let alone the top tier of the conference. All right, Chris, we'll get more of your thoughts on that as we continue on into the week. But I want to break into a special Monday edition of Murray's Mailbag. This was submitted by Julian yesterday. I'm not going to be here Wednesday, so I need to be here for this. Uh, Julian, do you want to take, take the question away? What so, Alex, you know, we've discussed this as the months have gone on, that he is the big Honu. You know, I've definitely called him that from time to time. The people of Hawaii call him big Honu. Um, a self-proclaimed nickname. A self-proclaimed So what you were right. saying, that you were saying, uh, what, do you still have an issue with that, Chris? One, I guess, is what your first yeah, question Yeah, I, I guess the, the first question is, is there an issue with giving yourself a nickname? And the second part of that is, can I get a title change to Minister of Culture since he is doing a, uh, his own thing with, with his nickname over there? Yeah, I mean, it's not advised that you uh, self-nickname <laughs> yourself, but Kobe Bryant did it with Black Mamba, so <laughs> it, it is acceptable if it's a fitting nickname. Kobe. Uh, as far as Minister of Culture, I think I can put together a quiz. Uh, you know, I could put together a cultural quiz, 20 questions. Let's say <laughs> if he gets 16 of them, he passes and he can give himself the nickname. If he falls <laughs> short of that, uh, then he's not cultured enough to uh, have like that this. title bestowed upon him. See, I like, himself. See, I so like where Chris... Why don't, we, why don't we just plan for that? I, I like how Chris, like, he takes this to a... Like, there's, th there's not going to be gray area. Like, you either pass the test or you don't. What, what I like that. That's good. quiz entail, though? Is there, like, a certain era, like the, the 50s on or, you know, the 2000s on, only films, only sports? Like, what, That's what up to Chris. Is, is it up to Chris? Like, who gets to make the questions? Oh, yeah, I'll take the questions. Probably from, like, Trivial Pursuit or something at my house. I'll just go and look and uh, come up with 20 that are strong but not, uh, you know, if you're cultured, then you should, should know them. Wow. So uh, right. I won't I go back to good. the 30s, 40s too much because that's obviously not Julian's uh, main era. He's a younger guy. So I'll make it fair, but, uh, you know, they're going to be pretty stiff, so we'll see if he can pass the test. All, All right, Chris, so next question for me, um, piggybacking off the big whole new thing. So for, for Halloween this year, I'm going to be uh, Maui. From Moana, got the whole thing, got the hair, got that the, got the, uh, what is it, the, 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 not the axe, the, um, the, the fish hook. Yeah, fish hook. Um, yeah. Uh, is Moana a top 10 3D animated movie? Of all time. Uh, like I don't even know what that means. Like, but so yes, in I, the recent, I mean, uh, if I'm just thinking, <laughs> so like, like the recent stretch okay, of movies, yeah. like when you look at, like, the Toy Stories, and you look at, um, you know. Very Pixar and DreamWorks Pixar animated type films. Not, not like uh, cartoons, you know. They We're not have counting to be like, like Snow White and, and that kind film. of stuff. We're not counting Lion King. We're counting like the new age kind of like. Oh, okay. Yeah. As someone that has seen a lot of these movies more than us, I would think, is Moana in the top ten for you? Yeah, I mean, I would put it even if you go to the old school, uh, you know, Disney ones. If you're throwing Lion King in there, if you're throwing Bambi in there, wow. Little Mermaid, Aladdin. I, I'm a big fan of Moana. I, I, it uh, held my kids' attention, so that's, uh, you know, number one. If <laughs> Crucial. It can, uh, you know, keep my kid occupied for 90 minutes. That's really, really good. Uh, but I also, the music was great, I thought. Uh, Lin-Manuel, whatever his name Miranda? No kidding, he did the man. score for that? Uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Well, see, that would be a good cultural question. Bam, Mr. Culture plus one. Uh, so y yeah, you would have passed that one. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's a, a great movie. No, so it's certainly in my top ten, yes. Julian's never seen it, and he was kind of scoffing at me when I told him to watch it until I told him that it got a 96 
on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. So now all of a sudden he's okay with watching. Hang on, it. hang on, hang on. I just like I have a real slight against Disney. I, I think it's great. I think it's great for families and kids and people who you know love roses and fresh smelling things. But like the happy ending that is constant throughout <laughs> all of their cinematic universe is you don't like so to be happy? old. It's so old. I'm over it. Like I can't do it anymore. That's Bambi's mom dies. I wouldn't say that's a happy ending. No, so. but that's there, the beginning. There's a couple that didn't end. In the, like, it yeah. always starts with, like, a death. Nobody so, like, lives on. Bambi's mom dies. Simba's dad dies. You know, there's tragedy at the beginning and happiness at the end. I guess there's a formula for it all, but I, I don't know. I Why think are you being such a curmudgeon, like, man? It's a good movie. Just watch I'll it. watch it. I'll watch it. I'm, I'm sold yeah. on Moana. I'll all go right. home. It's on Netflix. I can't believe we just spent two minutes on Moana. <laughs> All right, final question. This was not even in the mailbag, but it was a Twitter question, so I'm making it my own mailbag question. Uh, Jalen Harris tweeted yesterday, best pizza in Reno. I'm including this in the mailbag. I want, like, your top three, or maybe one if you can just go number one. Uh, Grimaldi's is my number one. Okay. I understand wow. Grimaldi's is a chain, but I, I just think Grimaldi's is amazing. It's solid pie. Uh, ricotta and pepperoni there. Oh. Uh, I guess sizzle. Sizzle pie is pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's also a chain, though. So let me try and get a local one that's not a chain. Are, are there any local pizza companies? I'm going, I so, no, Mike, it, uh, it hands down, and I don't think it's a discussion, it's Smiling with Hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smiling with Hope is number one. There's, yeah, it's never, I, yeah. Not a discussion. You can't even argue with it. It's number one. It's number one. All right, all, all right, all right. Okay. Number one all time. But slice of pie itself, I have to say, noble pie. You noble throw pie some ricotta goes, cheese and pepperoni on one of those noble pie pizzas, yep. and it is, it's really hard to I eat. go noble pie, Smiling with Hope, and I probably... Like the th my third, I'd probably lump in like all the wood-fired oven places in town because I think they all are good. Actually, like South Creek, Campo, Liberty, like they all do like a good. Yeah, the South Eddie has a great pizza pie. spot. I yeah, they do. I feel like the Eddie's pizza spot is very. Is that underrated. crack your top three? That would crack top three. I think that that is a pie in itself is just like phenomenal. And the price, it's so cheap. Yeah. It's like ten bucks. Do you go wood fire first, or would you go like traditional pie? No, wood fire. I like wood fire, and South Creek is a good one. I'll, I'll make that my number three. Um, but yeah, I like the wood fire ones. I like the thinner pizzas. I do not like uh, deep dish kind of pizzas. When I went to Chicago for the Northwestern game a couple years ago, I tried you know the Chicago deep dish and it was just not very good. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really I actually want a uh, you know a, a pizza oven in my backyard. Ooh. So I know they're pretty expensive, but that is on my uh, wish on the bucket list. list. That could be I like exploring our backyard. Yeah, that would be a good list. exploring our backyard if that is uh, literal backyard. Hey, Chris, uh, thanks uh, so much. Uh, Jalen Harris, he didn't ask for this, but he got it anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, we appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, we'll have uh, much more coming up here on NSN Daily. We're going to switch gears and talk a little soccer. Disappointing weekend for Reno 1868. Plus, the Martin Twins make their NBA debut on Friday and over the weekend. That and much more coming up. All right, welcome back to NSN Daily with Julian Delgadio. I'm Alex Margulies, brought to you by the Dolan Auto Group. Uh, rough, rough weekend uh, for Reno 1868. Real disappointing to see uh, this team that, that put together their best season in franchise history, 18 wins. Uh, they looked like they were poised to make a deep run in the USL postseason, and uh, they, they ran into a Sacramento team that looks a little different than they did when they first saw them a couple months back, and uh, it was a tight game that got... Reno on the board very early. It was pretty shocking, actually. Corey Herzog was able uh, to just kind of use some aggressive play to take it away from the keeper and get Reno on the board. But this, to me, was, was, was the big change in the game, the fact that Sacramento answered within three minutes. Uh, and, and then eventually Sacramento pulls away with two goals in the second half. Uh, not what these guys were, were expecting, but 
I, I can't say I'm completely surprised because of what we saw at times, um, you know, with the defense in the second half. And, and uh, you know, Sacramento came, came ready to play, and, and they get a big upset win. Yeah, talk about uh, rivalry renewed on this one. Reno owned the regular season series against Sac, winning 4-1 uh, to one and then 2-zip in both of their contests. So 6-1 to one goal differential there. But, yeah, like you were saying, Reno just – they had a lot of momentum coming at them at the end of the season. They were playing well. Corey Herzog was putting up goals. Danny Mazowski was playing really well. I was actually kind of surprised in this one. Mazowski didn't mm -hmm. start for Reno 1868 yeah. despite how many goals he's had over the last month and a half or so. Corey Herzog, like I was saying, you know, 18 goals, ties franchise record in the regular season, gets another goal in the postseason. But, yeah, that back four, it just seemed like Sacramento just ran right down the middle and there was nothing to stop him. Yeah, I mean, that, that seemed to be an issue for Reno down the stretch, or even just kind of throughout the whole season. There were times where the, the ability for opposing offenses to kind of cut through the teeth of their defense and go right through their center backs was, was a problem. And, and you know, it, that was – Sacramento kind of had no uh, secrets as to how they were attacking mm -hmm. Reno there in the second half. They were coming right at them. And, uh, you know, two of their top goal scorers, Thomas Enneboldson, uh, gets a goal, and, and Cameron Owasso, who's, who's been their all-time best player in franchise history and – uh, it was a great atmosphere. The Tower Bridge Battalion was here. They had their drums going. It was a lively atmosphere, but uh, you know, tough result for Reno 1860. I know Ian Russell had much higher aspirations uh, for this team this year. Shannon Kelly caught up with Coach afterwards and just his thoughts on how this all went down. Yeah, uh, disappointing loss. Uh, a tale of kind of two halves. I thought first half we, we had the run in the play. We had good chances. Should have had some goals in that first half. Second half we... Uh, didn't play very well, to be honest. Um, that pretty simple. We we stopped connecting passes. What wasn't a, enough uh, ball movement, movement off the ball, and um, got punished for a big mistake. And then um, couldn't find a next goal, and they got a got a third one. Is it tough just seeing the result, knowing that you guys beat them twice in the regular season, knowing a team that you've seen and know how they play? It's always tough, but that's the playoffs, you know. Um, you gotta win when it when it counts. Playoffs, you know, the season's long, and um, you know a lot of teams don't make the playoffs. So we're proud of that. But you know, to uh, to beat them pretty handedly twice during the season, um, that one stings a bit. All right, so there you have it. Reno eighteen sixty eight. Their season comes to an abrupt end. The team now just one and three in postseason uh, in in history, and unfortunately just. 0-2 at home. They, they have. They, they, we always talked about, man, it, it's, it would be so necessary to try to get it home. You, you feel like that's a home field advantage with the elevation and it's a little colder uh, that that would play in Arena's uh, favor, but so far they have not been able uh, to get that. But you look back at this entire season, and, and I know this is frustrating for the fans of the team and, and, and for the players and the coaches. They want to go further, but um, you have to celebrate a team that over three seasons set tied a record, 51 wins over three years, 18 this year. They're clearly doing something right. They've right. got the right coach. They've got the right mix of players. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of they're going to have to find a little bit better defense, I think, mm -hmm. moving forward in certain spots. And, and they've shown over the three years to be an excellent goal-scoring mm -hmm. franchise. But defensively, uh, some tweaks maybe to, to try and, and have better results in the postseason. I think that's what Ian really I can, sells you know, a lot of these forwards on. You know, come to Reno 1868, you're going to score goals, we're going to put up a lot of goals, and we're going to develop you to be able to play at the next level. And I think that that's an overall goal for this team as well as for head coach Ian Russell. But like you were saying, I mean, 
four years ago, there wasn't even a soccer team in Reno. And for Russell to come in, for him to recruit the players he has, to make the playoffs every year that he has been at the helm as a head coach has been very impressive. And, you know, for, for different records to be broken year after year, it's it just a, a testimony to the coaching staff and, and a lot of the players that have stuck around with this organization. But it's, it's really a tough pill to swallow. You know, you have so much success. You go into these playoffs, the highest seed you've ever been to overall. You know, you, you think about the long term, like, hey, what if they meet up with Phoenix Rising in the USL Western Conference Finals? You know, what if? So many what ifs. And uh, it's sad to see it come to an abrupt end. But like Ian was saying, I mean, this is such a long season mm -hmm. that starts all the way back in March to, you know, mid to late October. They could have, you know, still been playing if they had won that match and, and gone into November. But just the pedigree of players that they have developed through the time here and uh, I'm excited to see who they bring back in this mm -hmm. offseason what kind of forwards they recruit as well as you know we need some people on the back line to, to play a little bit better of a defense but you know time will tell on all of that you know getting the three postseasons is a good problem to have uh, you know we'll see if, if next year's the year they can keep advancing but man it's, it's been a lot of fun having this franchise here in Reno and uh, great job this year by the way you know great. on play-by-play play, I just I, I know as a member of the fraternity play-by-play play fraternity and, and who stepped in and you know did some color with with you over there. It's uh, it's a lot of fun and it it's kind of sad to see it come to an end. So honestly, was that a, a way of of you complimenting me in order to kind of make this about you? Did I actually what you did? As minister of culture, you know, I, I was just praising you as well as you know praising. Wait, we're still my leaving it to the fans <laughs> as to whether that's actually going to stick. Uh, the play-by-play -play fraternity thing, which you like to bring up. Uh, we've posed that question to a few broadcasters, and I haven't found a lot of support for you, but we'll keep. We'll keep polling them and maybe uh, I got to do some broadcast recruiting. I think you need to get like at least 10 games under your belt. Okay. Before okay. you're in the fraternity. Eight, eight more to go, guys. Well, you've only had one. Two. Color doesn't count. Color doesn't you're count. You're saying play-by-play -play fraternity. What well, color doesn't fall into the play-by-play -play no. category? Oh, man. You're, you're really, just, really kind of uh, showing yourself. really, here. you know. There's play-by-play -play and there's color. It's swing and a miss. I feel like Kershaw <laughs> right now. Wow. Yeah. That's too, too soon. soon. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Uh, we're going to move on. Uh, NSN <laughs> Daily rolls on here on this Monday. How about the Martin Twins? How neat is this? I love it. We've been it. talking about them in the, in the preseason, but on Friday and then yesterday as well, getting into their first actual NBA games. We'll show you some of their highlights. Back here on NSN Daily, the Martin Twins, Cody and Caleb, the stars from Nevada, have made their NBA debuts. They appeared for the first time on Friday against the Timberwolves, actually got some decent minutes, uh, 18 minutes for Caleb, 17 uh, for Cody. They got some points. We'll show you those highlights in a second. But as well, last night, getting into the game against the L.A. Lakers, it was a loss for the Hornets. This was late in the game. Cody Martin on the foul line. Check out JaVale McGee is actually standing up. The former Nevada center is, is barking at Cody. So a little flair there. And then here were some of their first NBA plays, the alley-oop for Caleb Martin. And then later in the game as well, how about this? The block on one end. Seen that a couple of times. And then down the other side. And what do you know it? How about an alley-oop for Cody? Why not? So their first bucket each in the NBA is an alley-oop. It's so fitting for these guys. And I think it's just awesome to see their dreams come true in the team that they probably grew up watching. And for me, it's just so crazy. You know, they played the Lakers last night. You get to see Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And, and you know, I know that they played limited minutes against the Lakers. But, but still, to be in the play in the same game as LeBron James. Right. To I be mean, in the same uh, basketball fraternity right. as, as all of them at this point. And, and be out there and, and get the experiences. I mean, this is so awesome. I know that uh, they're coming up. North pretty soon. They're yep. going to be playing the Sacramento Kings. And, Wednesday. Uh, 
you know, I think we might be making a little trip down there and catch up with the Martin. I hope the uh, I hope fans can make it down. This will be pretty cool. So tonight, uh, it'll be the Clippers mm -hmm. in L.A. and then Sacramento on Wednesday. So some Wolfpack fans maybe didn't realize it. The Hornets are playing in Sacramento against the Kings Wednesday. Drive down and show your support for the Martin Twins. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the newest arenas in all of the NBA. Great facilities at Golden One Center. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to just see how the Martin Twins grow throughout this season and uh, to catch up with them very soon. All right, sounds great. We'll come <laughs> back with our final thoughts here on NSN Daily, including a ban, banned indefinitely by Major League Baseball, a couple Instagram models. Is this just this is by, by the MLB? As NSN's Julian's Minister of Culture, I would like to welcome both of them onto the show. We'll let um, you save that. We're, yeah. We'll let you get to that in a second. Plus, the Niners are 7-0, by the way. Oh, man. We're going to talk about that next. All right, we got a little potpourri to kind of wrap up the show here today. Let's start right off the bat. 49ers are 7-0 and after absolutely throttling. Uh, throttling. throttling. I mean, 51 to 13, what word would you describe? Throttling. 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 Is that not a throttling? No, it was a very big win against that's a, a That's a throttling. That's a 38-point win. Listen, Panthers were riding a four-game winning streak into this one. I don't think the Panthers are very good this year, though. Personally, I think Christian McCaffrey's having a great season. I don't know what's going on with Cam Newton. There's been a lot of talks whether or not he's going to get traded. Uh, I think the Panthers' only quality win was against the Texans. But, yeah, you're right. Niners, 7-0. They're going to take on the Cardinals next week. Not a very good Cardinals team, no. to say the least. But in two weeks against the Seattle Seahawks, I think it's going to be a different story. You think Seattle takes it? I, I think the Niners are going to are going to be able to beat Seattle there at home. You know, it always concerns me when you do go up up to Seattle. That's such a home field advantage. But I think uh, this recipe right now is really working. The defense is great. Uh, big pickup with Sanders and, and Garoppolo is hitting his stride. So uh, it's pretty exciting time right now to be a 49ers fan after some very dark. Oh. Dark, years. dark years all right let's get to the world series uh how about the astros three in a row in washington after the nationals looked like maybe they were going to upset uh man garrett cole did great and this pretty tough to watch for the nationals i think the astros probably have this in the bag at this point right i said and to you many times like whoever was coming out of the american league was going to win the world series it was nice to see the nationals kind of rock the astros early on take two in houston but this one feels pretty over for the most part. And, uh, you know, tip your cap off. Nationals had a great year. Uh, they beat my Dodgers, so I'm really sad about that. But I think this is over. All right, before we go, this was a big story coming out of this game. Two Instagram models, Lauren Summer and Julia Rose, said they have been banned from all of Major League Baseball after flashing the cameras while Garrett Cole was pitching. Uh, they did, in fact, do this. We cannot show you the video for obvious reasons. Is this a just decision by Major League Baseball? Uh, I think that we should let freedom ring. You know, I think that Julia Rose is a great Instagram follow, and we would love to have both of them on our show any day of the week. And I know that they're banned in the MLB. We got a great minor league team here in Reno, the Reno Aces. I'm sure that they would love to have her. Reno 1868. Julia Rose, hit me up. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Julian's uh, trying to set up a, a little date here at the Aces ballpark. Greater Nevada Field. No comment. All right. That's it for NSN Daily today. We'll see if we're allowed back tomorrow. He's Julian. I'm Alex. See you later.